Hello welcome to California PC 187 The podcast, 187 is the penal code in California for homicide. In this podcast we focus on murders that have taken place in the southwestern region of Los Angeles County known as the South Bay, Harbor Area and Gateway Cities. Aside from murder other grimy and possibly trigger some topics may be discussed such as rape, animal and or child abuse, torture and other types of crimes. The hosts might sometimes use language that could be considered offensive to some people. Listener discretion is advised. Who's that? Who's that? Is that a baby over there? You don't know? Do you have your serial killer detector on, doll? Who's that? Look, 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 look. Don't look at me. I'm not a serial killer. Guess there aren't any here. Well, that's good. Guess we'll just go grocery shopping at the 99 cent store. You got away with murder. You got away with a lie. Hi, this is uh, Brett. Hello, this is Cheryl. And we is in the back seat sleeping. For sure. Sleeping in the back seat of our awesome Grand Jeep Cherokee. Laredo. 2000. And that's it? 2000? It's a 2000. No, it's 2004, isn't it? Oh, no, it's not. Oh. We oh. got it at auction. It's gorgeous. Yep. We love it. We got it for 700, but the guy kept bidding, so. Anyway, um, so th- tonight's episode is... Basically, uh, we're piggybacking. First of all, we're using this microphone and hoping that our audio is going to sound better. Sorry, I have a heartburn. Excuse me for my um, heartburn moments that I pause. Um, I took medication, so hopefully it'll, it will go away as the podcast progresses. Um, so our last episode was about the Rolling Hills Theater murders. And in doing our research on Torrance, California... We came across a list of a lot of notable people from Torrance. Chuck Norris. Michelle Kwan. Dojo. Tons of Major League Baseball players. Quentin Tarantino. Louis Zamperini, who was a World War II war hero. Um, POW slash... uh, he was an Olympiad. 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 Medal, I believe, and then he wasn't even. A and runner, really. Angelina Jolie made a movie called um, Unbroken. Yes. About his life. Supposedly, no thing can crack him. Okay. At the end of this list, there it said, William Suff, serial, serial killer. killer. And Brett and I were like astonished. What? Yeah. How come we didn't know about this William Suff serial killer man from Torrance, California? Because they pushed him to IE. 
So we decided to investigate, and this is his story. Yes. Okay. Uh, quote, nobody deserves the death penalty as much as this guy does, said Suff jury foreman Joe DeErico, now 51 and a resident of, Bo- of Boise, Idaho. You don't get much more guilty. William Lester Suff, as he called himself, was born, like on his birth certificate, it says, Bill E. Suff. Some resources say Bill E. Suff, like E as a middle name. Some say Bill Lee Suff. Nonetheless, somewhere along the line, I don't know if he did it legally or whatever, but he his name became William Lester Suff. Uh, he was born August 20th, 1950 in Torrance, California, and he became known as the Riverside Prostitute Killer <laughs> and the Lake Elsinore Killer. Uh, two monikers. Two mon- Yeah, two different names. His murders spanned from 1974 to 1992 in the United States in two different states. First one was Texas, second one California. Um, he was, uh, like I said, born Bill Esuf. According to police and prosecutors, he was un- a uniquely talented killer who approached the mutilation of his victims as though it were art. He roamed the streets of Riverside, California in his van looking for prostitutes to kill. And so here's an aside thing. Is that we understand through listening to podcasts, as many as we have in the last few years, Brett and I, that um, that people are offended by the word prostitute. And any kind of word typically known throughout the ages of uh, of to describe... Uh, women who who trade uh, money for se- money for sex. Yeah. Right. Um, so <clears throat> I don't like the word sex worker. I don't, prostitute, I don't, pro, um, whore, slut. Well, yeah, those are different names. You know, those are slut and a slut and a whore. Well, it's still, I mean, a slut doesn't heard, a slut yeah. doesn't get paid for it. Right. I mean, she just doesn't. <clears throat> but it's still it's the same category of this. Bad name it gives women a bad rap. I don't like it. Okay. Well. I think sex worker sounds a little bit offensive to me, too. Yeah, the word sex. It's, yeah. And the working is like a work, like a it's worker. It's like, ew. Yeah, it's like, ew. Like a sex worker, yeah, like, 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 like a laborer. Yeah, like, 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 a, like, a, like a sweatshop. You yeah. Know, like a 12-year-old, you like, know, ew. Filipinos. Like. So we decided to come up with our own um, moniker or, you know, a politically correct, if you will, um, phrase for... Uh, you know, maybe we just throw out a couple of them, and you guys could someone could email us and tell them tell us what you think. Well, well, I Feedback. I think that we should go with fornication operative. That'd be good. Um, yeah, uh, fellatio, fellatio, um, fellatio is just no, servant. No, no. ew, that's, yeah, servant. That's, yeah, that's more like yeah, that's that's worse than sex worker. Okay, so anyway, um, moving on, may we? Okay, okay, so. <laughs> So, Suff's case clearly raises some interesting questions. Oh, because he did all this stuff looking normal. And this is what I've noticed, and I don't know if anyone else has noticed it. Okay, so Brett and I have known a lot of people that have um, not been the most law-abiding citizens. And the ones that seem to have gotten the best results insofar as not getting caught, I would say... And I'm not talking about murderers, okay? Um, But are people that, that don't have tattoos... Um, refuse to get tattoos, any identifying marks. Or arrested to give DNA. 
that that stay um uh what's the word nondescript looking yeah they don't have any you know like they wouldn't they're not the one to get a they mohawk blend in yeah they blend in and they don't and, stand out and that's what i find with a lot of these people that have never been arrested who do not um elicit any suspicion in anybody they're nondescript just regular old guys that nobody notices. Yeah, remember those, uh, I'll bring in for a minute. Remember those, there was a commercial a long time ago in the 70s where they had like a picture of the New York street and they had, everybody was walking, they all looked the same except for the tall guy. Yeah. And you remember there was that commercial no. like, well, I don't know, I just remember, I just picture that every time I think of a person that wants to be on blast. You know, the, the, the average, whatever, serial killer or whatever, they don't want to, they want to blend in, like you said. They yes. just, they just, they, they want to be as secretive and as, you know, as, as quiet, as stealthy as they want to, as they can be. They but want to be like, invisible and blend in with the wallpaper. It seems like towards the end, though, they kind of like start slipping. I think they must start getting crazier and crazier. They just get, they get bored, I guess. I don't know. No, I think it's just their, 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 their mental illness just gets like. Gets just, the best of them. Uh, hell yeah because they usually escalate to the point where they're like doing like going on first they start out slow you know with animals and in the beginning like when they're children and then they might go on to like a child and then they start when they start killing adults maybe one or two here and there and then they just it seems like they just go on this spree they all get to this plateau where it's like they they get to that like they had a 10 or 15 year span they've done what what, what could they do next after what multiple killings what I don't get it like what how do you the only the only circle that we know of, that I know of that we've done research on was the Boston Strangler, wasn't it? Supposedly they, they never caught the or the Zodiac Killer, Zodiac Killer and the Boston Strangler, the two that didn't because they supposedly caught the, the, the Boston Strangler, but it wasn't. I don't think it was the the, the, the real Boston Strangler. I think he just took the rap. Remember that one? We he didn't take the rap. He 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 wanted he, he wanted to like brag and right. He wanted the, the no. They're guessing that he. He uh, just made it all because he wanted attention. Because you had a, you had a theory that he was in the jail with the guy, and he was he heard that the guy had admitted to him. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So okay. anyway, any anyway, um, okay. So this all started out with okay. pattern. Yeah. So Suff basically Suff was a nondescript. Okay, he was a nondescript guy that nobody had a problem with at work. He liked to carpool. Everybody liked him. I think he was underrated. I think he was like he was. The, they didn't really. Okay. Anyway, so. Uh, Suff's case clearly raises some interesting questions about the nature of madness and violence and about the factors that create a serial killer. An easygoing government stock clerk who promoted carpooling and concocted savory chili at office picnics, he helped deliver office furniture to law enforcement task force that was searching for the serial killer and spent his free time luring fornication workers onto his vehicle, strangling or stabbing them and dumping their bodies in alleys, trash bins, orange groves, and fields, primarily around Riverside and Lake Elsinore. Some of the bodies were posed in lewd positions to shock their discoverers, and several bodies were mutilated in ways that investigators said became the killer's signature as the murders became more gruesome and frequent. So we're going to go back to his early crimes because his very first crime. Um, In 1974, he lived in Texas. And he was married to a woman named Terrell. That's with a T, Terrell, T-E-R-Y-L. And that's interesting because later on he marries a woman named Cheryl. Mm-hmm. With that R, with that Y, that silent Y. Um, so a Texas jury convicted Suff and his, and, and his wife, Terrell, of beating their two-month-old daughter to death. I mean, that's horrible. I can't imagine. So that was his start? He beat her so badly, this little girl, that her spleen, like, burst. And, um, anyway, 
uh, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals later reversed Terrell's conviction because they weren't sure if she, they couldn't prove, because she was at work when the child died, they couldn't prove that she actually, you know, had a part in it. Or no, she's a mother, she has a part in it. Oh, well, she she knew that he was beating a two-month-old yeah. for crying out loud, and Mother she didn't leave or, yeah. or stop it in any way whatsoever. Um, but she probably had the battered wife syndrome. She was probably somehow... Was he a county worker yet? No, oh. stop. Um, so they let her off, okay? Um, Seth was sentenced to 70 years, but he only served 10, and which is so odd to me because you would think that um, Texas, I thought Texas was always a lot more strict. So I could go to Texas and beat up a little baby and get, only get like no, 10 years? No, kill a baby, murder a oh, baby. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, That's so, crazy. Yeah, maybe the lives of babies aren't uh, worth, I don't know. Anyway, so he got off on parole in 1984. Mm-hmm. And it was while he was still on parole from Texas that he was able to land a county position in Riverside County. Riverside, huh? A county position. Do you know yeah. what benefits? And that's that's oh, a yeah. great job. Cross Blue Shield. Wow. One K. Um, pension. He, absolutely. Solid pension. And he worked alongside the Riverside Riverside sheriffs, oh. delivering office furniture oh, to yeah. them. Oh, real close to the sheriffs. Huh? Mm-hmm. He was a good worker and an enthusiastic carpool to work advocate Not who much delivered of a father, what? Not much of a father though. Huh? Oh no. Who delivered office furniture to the very law enforcement officers that were working in the case of the elusive Riverside slash Lake Elsinore killer. Okay. I see. Okay. He attended office uh, parties and picnics alongside law enforcement personnel and never failed to enter one of his recipes into a chili cook-off. It is said that he chopped up one of the breasts of a victim and used it as one of the ingredients in one of his chili contest entries and won the grand prize, number first prize. That's crazy. So he cut off a boob, a he, breast. And he put it into the, and he put it into the, he went to a sheriff's department, Riverside Sheriff's Department uh, picnic, picnic, entered their chili cook-off and used as, as one of the ingredients Secret the breast ingredient. of one of the murder victims. Human flesh. And he won first prize. And I bet you, see, that's like like the kind of little, like, passive-aggressive, like, sneaky snot little little things that a serial killer will do. Just like, He he just did that and savored it. And he was just sitting there. He actually won. Yeah. No. But then, what was that? I don't know. That was kind of scary sounding. Anyway. So, um, no. But just to, to like, gloat and and be like, I I see see how I'm getting one over on you. See how much power I have over all you people? I'm thinking, hopefully, we don't really, this this is just speculation, but you just imagine that it was two of the detectives that were eating that chili were two of the detectives on his murder case. Can you Yes, they were. Well, there was a bunch of detectives. In fact, there were 14 yeah. altogether. Oh, yeah. The, the 14 of all. Of and Riverside they, said, they said that Riverside, that Lake Elsinore area isn't that big. And they had 14 um, detectives on this. That's because, okay, let me not get it ahead of myself. Okay, so this is taken from um, the Supreme Court of California, the people, plaintiff and respondent versus William Lester Suff, defendant and appellate. April 28th, 2014. Defendants' victims abused drugs and worked as prostitutes in Riverside County. The homicide victims were killed between June 1989 and December 1991. All of his victims were asphyxiated. Four of the victims also suffered stab wounds to the chest, and the right breast of three of the victims had been excised. Oh, yeah, he did tenderize the breast before he cut it off. 
Hairs, fibers, tire tracks, and shoe impressions connected defendant with the homicide victims, and each of these types of evidence was associated with more than one victim. The victim of the attempted homicide identified defendant as her assailant, and a friend of a homicide victim, Kelly Hammond, identified defendant as the person driving a van that Hammond entered the evening she disappeared. A knife found in the defendant's van had blood on it that was consistent with the last homicide victim's and not consistent with defendants. Testing of DNA found on or near nine victims reflected matches to defendant. Personal items belonging to the three wait to three of the homicide victims were found at defendant's worksite in his wife's jewelry box. Oh, so he kept a memento. He, he gave like, presents to oh, his wife. Yeah, he gave presents to his wife and she oh shit. And in the possession of acquaintances, other women to whom he had given them. So he, he was giving himself. this jewelry away yeah. to women. So he wasn't as slick as we that's, thought he that's was. That's disgusting. Yeah, you always get I think he thought that he was slick and he wasn't going to get caught. Yeah, he was cocky. Defendant had repeatedly expressed his hatred of prostitutes and had stated to one person that he has thought oh wait, that he thought that prostitutes should be killed. Prostitutes. Yeah. He is a prostitute. So these are, uh, so there's, okay, so in, in going through this this case, there are so many murders, and it's just like one after the other. And like, so it got to the point where the, the, the Riverside Sheriff's, the detectives were just getting overwhelmed and just getting like upset, and everyone was frightened and, and, and full of terror. And, um, and just like, oh my God, not another one, you know? It becomes overwhelming. So I only... Um, gave just to give an example, kind of of what he did. Um, I uh, I just took three examples. I, di- I didn't want to go through all of them. It, it's 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 too much. So I got these examples of Suff's methods of murder from a book called Homicidal Mania by Bill Kelly. Yeah, this guy's a real piece of this guy's a real piece of work. <laughs> this guy's a. I know that, Cheryl, you do. You're a pretty good writer. I've watched you. You, you do the descriptive writing. He, this guy, just goes way. Yeah, over it's like is it, okay. So just, just uh, disclaimer. It's as though he sat there with a thesaurus and just abused it. Yeah, every other word had to be like just this outrageous like word from like freaking. It's like, and also a lot of words are used out of context. Yeah. I believe, but you get the, you'll get the gist. He's okay? trying to paint a picture. He's painting a whole. Yeah, he's painting like ten yeah. multiple pictures. Yeah. So, okay, ready. So, the first known murder victim was discovered on Thursday morning, October 30th, 1986. A traveler scavenging for aluminum cans spotted the partially clothed body of a dark-haired woman in her 20s, curled up in a drainage ditch in an industrial area of Rubido near Agua Mansa Road and Market Street. Panties. The dead woman was lying on her back, her sweater and beige culottes ripped to shreds. Her flimsy panties. Flimsy panties. I remember that. I was, was going to say that. I, I didn't want to forget. So yeah, like that is I not. Know, that's stuck in my brain for like me? so many days. The flimsy panties. What it, were they? That's just like degrading. Is almost. that like grandma panties? Or what no, that? that's I mean, just, just degrading. Like, like, like cheap. Like, yeah, like cheap. Flash? You wear them once and they just, they just hang. What, who huh, like the too? freaking, the, like the, the G-string. It's the skinwalker. No. I am. No. Okay, um, she, okay, wait, wait where am I? Uh, um, wait, damn it. Okay, her flimsy panties were pulled down around her ankles. She had been stabbed multiple times, and her chest and face were cosmetized with blood. See, cosmetized with blood. Yeah, let's not get too crazy with it, though. That's, yeah. And he says, I think he meant to say her pubic hairs, but he says her public hairs had been... (laughs) I'm sorry. Her bush. (laughs) 
What is this? Is it, what, what year? What is this in the eight? What is this? Eighties, nineties? What? Because ain't nobody, okay. nobody has Bush anymore. Okay. Not that I know. Stop. Her public hairs had been ripped from her private How parts. That's rip? not. It's just that I don't want to get heartburn again. Get Let me stuck in a fucking Velcro okay. or what? I mean. <clears throat> okay. Uh, had been ripped from her private parts by an angry hand. Yeah, he's like, he's <laughs> like, bitch, you didn't shave, you fuck. <laughs> your flimsy underwear and your bush. No, but with Good an God. angry hand. Yeah, if I saw a book bush like, like that. Really? You're describing the hand as angry? Yeah, and he had the angry hand. The angry hand. It sounds like a fucking movie. The angry hand. Like a James Bond movie. The angry hand. Okay. So, and uh, this is not funny, but it's just this writing No, it's is, not funny for is, the victim or the victim. No, somebody. but this yeah, writing. But still, is, this is a piece is, of work, this guy. I think he's obsessed with this. Uh, uh, okay. Not, but. His writing is, is uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so okay. I would push it back. I would say, okay. you know, just get it, get it, get a D minus, get it out of here. Okay. An autopsy revealed that 23 year old Michelle Yvette Gutierrez of the Corpus autopsy. of Corpus Christi, Texas, had strangulation marks on her neck and suffered trauma to the anal and genital areas. Marks on her breasts and buttocks provided a chilling framework for the chilling story framework. of her death. I know for the story yes. of this. Another gruesome case began on December. Okay. Another gruesome case began on December 11th, 1986, when the half-clothed body of Charlotte Jean Palmer, 24, of Anna, Illinois, was found near Highway 74 and Matthews Road in Romoland. County coroners were unable to determine the cause of her death because of the rapidity of putrefaction. Fear and panic spread as more and more women began mysteriously disappearing over a period of five years from 1986 to 1991, 19 prostitutes were found murdered. Well, if you're not a prostitute, you have no fear. I mean, I mean, fear and panic is like worldwide. Like, like if you're, yeah, if you're in the underbelly of life. Yeah, it was like the, the Night Stalker where you could just be laying in bed yeah, asleep. Yeah, well, that's different. I mean, the Night Stalker could be, you know, she went to one of those normal, I guess, normal people. Well, so people were still scared, man. Right. Like, it's scary. Right. De- just, murder is scary. Rob, especially yeah. the way that this man was doing it. business went down. The, <sighs> At least... Three of the Riverside County victims had their breasts severed. That chili cook-off coming up. A forensic pathologist noted that cutting off female breasts was a way in which serial killers can uniquely hurt and harm the females they loathe. Like, that's some real insight. If they're big breasts or what? If they're small? I don't get it. No, just, just, it's like in the same way that, like, maybe cutting off a man's penis. Oh, yeah. Would, um, like, you know, demean him in some way. Cutting off the breasts, like, it's like, you know. Breast, I mean, breast, I, breasts yeah. are a sign. I wouldn't give a shit about you know the after effects. I'm because I'm the pain it would mean. That's oh not God, that's just, just to be awake during that shit. Okay, so Bob it. Um, are you ready to go on? Yes. Serial killers perceive themselves as somehow not being worth what other people are worth. He said, "They are the Walking Dead." The expert said this behavior often stems from severe child abuse that can either be sexual, physical, emotional, or psychological. Or how about all four? No, that's a fucking epiphany. Not all serial killers had horrible childhoods. No, how about some people just want to kill? But they usually have all been dropped on their head or something. Oh, dropped on. Oh, that's right, dropped on their head and um, some kind of core issue. We all have core issues. Abandonment. No, no, dropped on their head multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. The serial killer's third victim was a woman named Linda Ann Ortega. At age 37, she worked at Carl's Jr. Fast Food Restaurant. Hey. On, on railroad, I used to work at Carl's yes. Jr. Uh, uh, on Railroad Canyon Road in Lake Elsinore when she wasn't applying her trade as a strumpet. 
Now, see that. That's trumpet. Now, talk about. That okay, to me that use that that's why I said he's abusing the thesaurus. Yeah. Okay. Her record reeked of drug arrest. Reeked. Her naked body was found ravished. Ravished. That's a and stabbed in a patch of light brush off a dirt road near Franklin Street and Ridge Road. Tailored evidence. See tailored evidence. What? I'm thinking like a suit. I, I know. Put her death at three days earlier. Her blood contained high levels of alcohol and cocaine. Cocaine. Ortega's co-workers at the fast food restaurant described her as a devoted single mother struggling to raise a teenage son. They were surprised to find out she was a part-time prostitute. On May 2nd, another transient fell prey oh, wait, to Wait, 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 wait. Let me think. A transient, but she's a mother I know. working and has a, it has a home. Has a home. How is she a transient? No, 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 no. I know. Another transient. I know. Now, what is it? What is it? So, so his writing, like I said, is... I keep thinking like a hobo on a train This isn't the best writing, but it is yeah. describing, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's a... Okay. Decaying molars in the lower jaw made... See, this is this is what gets... Decaying molars in the lower jaw made identification yeah. conclusive. How is she what? Mean, how can she afford cocaine? When did she, she, did she have a dentist that knew she had decaying... Yeah. No, this is another woman, Brett. Oh, it's a different transient. It has a dentist. It has a <laughs> Her name insurance. was Martha Bess Young. She was yeah. 27 years old and formerly of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh-huh. Now, what I see, though, the pattern that I see going on here is that all these women are from not from California. Out of state. They're from out of state. Now, how is that happening? Running from something. No, but also, I'm thinking that he, in his mind, he's thinking, can, now, can I finish my sentence, Brett, before you interrupt me? Okay, he's thinking that, um, that he, you know, oh, out of state. Okay, so that means that they're prostitutes, so they're drug addicts, so they're probably like throwaways anyway. Probably nobody cares for them. And even better that they have relatives out of state, then, then the, uh, the, the, the noticing that they're missing is going to take even longer. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm going to follow up on them. Right? Because I don't think it's coincident that these women were all from out of state. They're not accountable to anybody. Uh, but the, he doesn't know that, and he didn't know that. And in fact, a lot of these women, most of these women were. Right. They had families that loved them, cared for them, cried, uh, were heartbroken, right. devastated. Okay? So he 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 sold them all yeah. really short. Well, had 14 detectives on the case, though. So. He sold them very yeah. short. And he, and the, and he he the fact that he thought that they didn't matter fucked him up because they right. did matter and they do matter. Right. Okay. So um. You ever see that movie uh, uh, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood where the the, the prostitute gets slashed in the face? They fuck. They hung his ass. Okay. So she was found spread eagle and totally naked in a gully adjacent to Franklin Street. He liked Franklin Street. Yeah. Her uh, open eyes staring sightlessly into infini- infinity. Infinity. You know, this guy's a bad writer. She drove infinity? (laughs) (laughs) She had been dead at least three weeks. An ex post facto examination revealed the pretty blonde Lake Elsinore streetwalker had a high level of amphetamines in her blood. Apparently, she had died from a toxic reaction to the drug as she was being strangled. Oh, my God. That's... What, he doesn't have to expose all that just stuff. Just shut under up. The influence of amphetamine. She was fucking murdered, yeah, motherfucker. she was asphyxiated. Her air fucking air, oh, air flow it was, was cut it off. It was the... Yeah, the... the yeah. The, That's how most of the people die anyway. Well, not all of them, but most people we do research on that. Always, it's always... Uh, somehow, they go through all kinds of crazy shit. Right. They, well, that gets them is asphyxiation. Whether it's being smothered or fucking the face is being... The neck being choked or the... Yeah, or no, the, fire. the toxins from the methamphetamine right. is what did it. Oh, not yeah, his fucking hands around her neck. Reactions as she... Her blockage of her air, it was it was the methamphetamine. 
No, the, no, the toxic releasing itself oh, yeah, and the asphyxiating her, not yeah. his fucking the burst of toxic the rope or whatever he used. How the fuck, they gonna prove that? I know that's, that's bullshit. That's foul. Yeah. Okay, so um, fucking doctor's a transient. <laughs> now you sound like him. Like you're not yeah, using no, wrongs no, all no, wrong. No, no, words I'm all nothing wrong. like him. Okay, so anyway, he's putting a lot of shade on it. Okay, so um. With the deaths of victims three and four, reality set up shop in Lake Elsinore. Population 15,000. This guy's obsessed with them. But look at set up reality, set up shop. Set up shop. (laughs) Reality moved on in. He's fucking part of that circuit. No, no, reality came in and and opened up a store right on Main Street. And we're going to hold court anytime one of them prostitutes get us online. We're going to set up shop. Right. This is where a majority of the victims would be dumped. This is where the hub of the task force operation was centered. Headed by Riverside Police Chief Linford L. Sonny Richardson. Sonny. Sheriff's Lieutenant Al Hearn. Sounds like a bunch of hillbillies. I thought you were going to say Al. Captain Bill Reynolds. Oh, yeah, Bill. Lieutenant William H. Caldwell. Caldwell. And Sheriff Coy Bird. Coy. Oh, there's some good old boys right there. Among others. Under their direction, the task force troubled its ranks to 14 detectives and homicide sleuths. Sleuths. That's like Riverside. I eat a bunch of good old boys, man. You don't hear no, like, Reginald Jackson and shit. What is a brother? 14 detectives and homicide sleuths. If they would have had a brother on the crew, they would have caught that guy a long time ago. Okay. The largest enforcement effort ever contrived they had to have 14 detectives the, the word between, contrived they had a fucking ever lost. 14 of them they probably had a score of like ever contrived yeah he, he, he had a weird weird thing going on with this thesaurus and in riverside yeah. county okay so now we're going to get to the events that uh led to suff's arrest because i guess this guy just he was just you know, uh, he was bold. doing the carpooling thing, yeah, doing chili cook-off. Chili cook-off with boobs and human flesh. and Giving away presents. Yeah, but he liked that street, that Franklin Street. He sure stayed in one spot. Yep. Okay, so this is also according to the People versus Seth. Baby killer. Um, in January 1989, Rhonda Jetmore was seated on a bench on Main Street in the city of Lake Elsinore. By Franklin Street? Quote, hoping to encounter a date, unquote. A man drove a station wagon alongside the curb near where she was sitting and confirmed that he was looking for a, quote, date, unquote. He moved a box containing files of papers from the front passenger seat to the back seats where there were more papers, and she entered his vehicle. He told her his name was Bob. Bob. They agreed on a price of $20 20 for, quote, straight sex, unquote. That's... 20 bucks? You know, if you are going to be a fornication operative, please, ladies, don't sell yourselves that short. Yeah, yeah, twenty bucks is like that's insulting. Yeah. And she directed him to a nearby vacant residence, Franklin Street. Once inside, Jetmore requested prepayment for her services. The man handed her a bill, and using her flashlight, she determined it was a single dollar. Now that motherfucker. 20 bucks and he tried to fucking cheapskater a fucking dollar this guy's crazy he's a piece of shit yeah, he's a piece of work man this guy wants to get it for a dollar so before she could say anything he grabbed her around her neck with both hands pushed her down and began choking her as she as he choked her she looked at his face and also noticed his belt buckle which had Bill Billy spelled on it what an idiot uh, she felt she was losing consciousness 
and she believed he was attempting to kill her. Duh. Yeah, how does that work? He says his name one thing, but it says Bill on it. He says my Bob. He said his Bill. Bob. Oh, it was my brother's name. Yeah. I accidentally he, put his he figures she's going to be dead anyway, so who cares? When she realized she still had the flashlight in her hand, she's a she, yeah, hell yeah, she struck him on the side of his head, and and he released his grip off her neck. It That's also it. knocked his fucking glasses off, Must and be, uh, he was not able to see without his glasses, blinder oh, than a he's bat. Really, oh, he's like, please, please help yeah, me find my glasses, and I'll let you yeah, go. I knocked him in the freaking nugget. Fucking no, so, so she pointed him to the general direction of his glasses, and she took the fuck off. Oh yeah, but she was, you know, too afraid to, of course, report it, so she didn't. Um, uh, the one that got away. But this is what happened, is that um, she'd gotten arrested probably a few months later for something else, something unrelated. And she spilled the beans. Yeah, she did. She did. She she mentioned, the, you know, the, what, the white station wagon that he was driving. Right. And she also uh, the bill part. You know, I wanted to eventually do some kind, and we can get deep into it once we get once we grow and get and get real bit good at mm-hmm. it. Is I want to do like uns, like unreported crimes because there's a lot of uh, civilians that well I'm a civilian too, but a lot of us out there we don't report a lot of things. Like we're our civic duty is to report everything we see. Everything that we counter. That's what the law is. What do you mean? Well, the law is put in place. No, I understand what you mean by that, but what do you mean? Go around like seeing people doing fucked up shit and just recording it to our podcast audience? No, I'm just saying that a lot of people won't report things because they're afraid of, you know, being victimized themselves because they're afraid, you know, they're going to be retribution or someone's going to, you know, it's just that. I don't know, that, that myth that the law can't protect everybody. Well, they can't really, really protect everybody, but I think it's our civic duty to report everything if something happens, you know, not to take the law into our own hands. But, okay, um, well, we'll have to table yeah, that. Yeah, okay. We'll table that. That's a little, little for our, We'll table that for our staff meeting. Okay, we'll, 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 I'll send you the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just wanted some mic time. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> this is from the January 5th, 1992 New York Times. The police said that they arrested the 41-year-old county worker, William L. Suff. Uh, see, now, how the fuck? That man did not legally change his name. Suff isn't so tough. He is Bill E. Suff. I don't give a shit. He's a baby killer. Right? Yeah. After a routine traffic stop on Thursday night. At a news conference here, members of the law enforcement task force that had tracked the slayings for six years acknowledged that more than one killer may have been involved. No. No, just him. Just him. With the evidence we have, we're confident on the two. I don't know what that means. We're both in agreement. Said Lieutenant Al Hearn of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. We don't know what it's going to lead to on the others. We are continuing the investigation into all 19. Oh, he means two on the two murders. Right. I thought he meant two. Well, this just seems like suspects. a serial killer that once they got a hold of him, it isn't too hard to figure this one out. It wasn't like he was really. It was, but he, he left a sloppy. lot of evidence behind. Yeah, he was pretty sloppy. Dude, I mean, because he got cocky. He put a boo. He put he put boob as an ingredient at a sheriff's yeah. county chili yeah. cookoff. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and he the has, guy. I, I read a thing where he says he his uh, neighbor said that he shit. had his he had his uh, car. He had this uh, county freaking emblem on his car, and he always dressed up in camouflage, like khakis and stuff. He was really actually trying to be like be a cop or look like a authority figure, but he just worked for the city. He's just he was fronting. Yeah, he was front. He was a fraud. Okay. <laughs> So, Lieutenant Hurd said Mr. Suff had not been a suspect before his arrest. Now, that's where I go back to the nondescript people that blend in, like wallpaper. I don't get it. He wasn't a suspect. He, he was had a not freaking a suspect. record that he was a murderer. He killed babies. A baby, Brett. Yeah. And you know what? And I know that that's like, 
he shouldn't even have been out of prison, no. first of all. He should still have been in prison. Right. But, yeah. Just they just gives didn't, me hope, man. How the fuck did he get a job working I for the county? Know. It just gives me hope. You can kill a baby and still get a job in the county? What the fuck's going on there? Just, gives you hope? There's no way you can fucking... Why not? I don't kill babies, but shit. I mean, I've had heavy tickets in my past, but... A lot of tickets? A lot of tickets, yes. Okay. Mr. Suff was stopped Thursday for making an illegal U-turn and was found to be wanted in Texas on a parole violation. Mm -hmm. The arresting officers impounded Mr. Suff's vehicle and notified the task force. Officials would not say what made the officers suspicious, but both Mr. Suff's van and its content contents were being held as evidence. There'd be no windows and shit in the van. This dead bolt on the back of the fucking van. It says creeper. <laughs> Bloody night, yeah, creeper van. This is one time Brett and I... Smoke billing out from the back of it. Where's it? I need a cigarette. This one time Brett and I were, um... We were delivering food for DoorDash. Oh, yeah, we saw it. I remember that was in Redondo Beach. It was, yeah, we delivered to this house, and it, it was actually, like, really decked out. This person had, um, Nice neighborhood. Had fixed up an old van, an old creeper van from the seventies, mm -hmm. and he had on his license plate it said "creeper van." And it had like pipes on it, like coming out. And it had like, those old Krager like chrome wheels and stuff. It was cool. It was cool. It, yeah, it was because it's a creeper van. Because you know, so he was joking. I mean, machine. I'm sure the guy it really isn't a creeper. Come on, he said it had a sticker on the back. If this van's a knocking, don't come a knocking. Where's, the, it, where's the if lighter? If this van's a rocking, don't come a knocking. Is that what it said? I don't know. I think so. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. No, like, no, 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 no. I did make that up because I do that a lot. I put a lot of shade on it because I like to you know, make stuff up. It's, it's neater. It's, it, makes the, um, it makes the story better. It spices yeah, it up. It's lies. But I remember it's lies. Well, I was just imaginative. you got to tell a real story. Oh, okay. I, okay. We went there. It was. It said Creeper Man. On the license plate. Yes. And I went up. We went, I went there twice. I went there one time when I did the uh, DoorDash when I did it by myself and you were sick or something like that. I did like a couple hours of DoorDash and I had to go back there and I told them, I said, that was a, that was a cool, that's a cool van. You told them that when I was there with you. Did I? Okay. Maybe I lied I about that. I think I was sick in the back seat. Oh, you were sick in the back seat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway, yeah. um, where were we? Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. So, some of Mr. Suff's neighbors, so he said, here's now, finally, the neighbors come out. Now, see, before yeah, this, he's sudden, Mr. Likeable. Yeah, yeah. Chili, like that chili, chili. Chili maker, carpooler. That chili. Yeah, right? Nothing like human flesh in the chili. And now that he's been caught, some of, tits. some of Mr. Suff's neighbors in Colton, a city that sits on the in the bottleneck connecting the Los Angeles basin with the Mojave Desert. Yeah, said, wasn't it? She's blowing some torrents, man. Can I talk? Yeah. Go. Said he often wore a jacket and jumpsuit with patches on it. Outfits that appeared to be a uniform. Quote, acting like a cop, unquote. Hey, all of a sudden, he's a cop. They're coming out of all the woodwork now. One neighbor said Mr. Suff's van bore stickers that resembled the county seal. See, that's the thing is, I don't understand. These people, they're civilians, and they see this stuff, they notice it, their gut tells them something, and they don't report it until he's locked up. Come on. People don't really know, though, because sometimes you could be making false accusations, and really, it's none of your fucking business. Oh, okay. 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 My bad shit. Um, tell the victims of all the families. That they no, you know what, Brett? You can't. Then if we were going to do that, then we'd be suspicious of a hell of a lot of people. Everybody uh, would be under yeah. suspicion. You I, can't go around. You have to take people at face value unless you right. get to know them and find out that they're a fucking fraud. Yeah, so they didn't know whether or not okay, he was a right. fraud. This isn't the Gestapo. I get it. Uh, so, day. quote, he used to walk around here acting like a cop, unquote, said Donna Perez, who lived in the same apartment building as Mr. Suff. 
quote, he looked at everybody like he hated everybody, unquote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, why don't you tell that to his face, lady? Yeah, hell no. You don't want to get your boob cut off. <laughs> shit. You want to be in there fucking chili cook off. Shit. You'd be in the fucking the macaroni fucking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you'll be at the picnic fucking with the macaroni. Yeah, he's saying, I hang out with cops. Shit, okay. I cut your ass up. Yeah. So, uh, this is taken from uh, the August 20, 1995 New York Times. Uh, I mean, you don't get a lot dis- of pieces on this. District Deputy Attorney uh, Zellerback, that was his last name. Um, he's what he had to say in his closing, uh, his closing statements. Cause you know, they went through the whole trial. They showed all the pictures. A lot of the relatives couldn't go. It was just horrible. It was horrible. And, and these women, guess what? They fucking had people that loved them, that cried for them, that mourned for them, that, that still to this day are abs- devastated. Okay. And a lot of them couldn't show up because they either wanted to kill Bill stuff, or they, or they, they just, you know, it was too heartbreaking. It was too emotional. Yeah. Um, He's a piece of shit. Absolutely, and uh, and they, you know, and they, they did show. You know, graphic photos. If I was, if I somehow had access to cook food for him, and he's on. I'd, I'd serve him shit in there. I would serve him shit and let him not know it in his food. Uh, okay. I, hope, I hope he's paranoid that someone's going to do that to him. Put shit in his fucking food. Okay. So Zellerbeck added that the killer's ravings were not about love, but about hate, violence, lust, sexual depravity, and murder. Do you think? Yeah. Over the mm-hmm. um, they they showed. Uh, they play on video monitors. They displayed hideous images of the of the death of all the the victims. It's horrible. A few left in uh, the courtroom in tears, and one mother fainted. Yeah, I don't like that one. I don't. I don't like, like that I've either. It's horrible. Court before locked up in uh, court, watching some of that stuff. Uh, District Attorney Zellerbeck also depicted stuff as a fiend whose sexual appetite was heightened. And implanted by a lust for the murder of streetwalkers. You see, that tells me that fucking they don't. They have if they were trying to paint a picture like that, they're trying to get to play on the the the, the jury, and they don't have the evidence. Isn't like dude, that by. is what he was though. No, what I'm saying is that they don't. If you have evidence that's solid, you don't have to fucking paint a picture this way. The jury, your evidence is going to speak for itself. Oh, like really? Are you a lawyer now? No, but I've been. I mean, like I said, I've been locked up before, and I've had to sit through. I had to sit through a few, you know, parts of trials, and I've seen what I see the, how the district attorney does it and how they play their games. They're pretty slick. Okay, so what, this is what I think is slick, is listen to what the defense said. Uh, I think this is pretty foul ball, if you ask me. It's like, um, better call, Sal, or whatever that is. Um, he, because what he suggested was, what the defense team suggested was that he was a friendly man with neighbors and coworkers and was being used as a scapegoat by frustrated lawmen who had the wrong suspect. This is largely a circumstantial case. So false identity. Um, I want you to take a wild guess, Brett, as to how long it took for the jury to come out with their verdict. Um, I would say since you put it to like me like that, it's got to be short. So I would go uh, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, lower. Oh, lower. Okay, uh, fifteen minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Wow. The seven-man, five-woman jury needed only 10 minutes. Unanimous? Well, one lady said it was a little bit tough for her because she's Catholic. What? Yeah. What? Oh, she's Catholic. What the fuck? <laughs> Who is this lady? We got to That's another Because rabbit. they recommended the death penalty. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. And after they serve him shit every night fucking in his food. Okay. Um, so, uh, the jury recommended that he be put to death. And uh, I like Riverside now. It's starting to get better. 
the kill the uh, the district attorney Zeller Zellerbeck said that he described William Suff as being truly evil and no longer a member of the human race. No, absolutely not. And um, in the the penalty phase of the trial, death. Uh, that's what. That's what he said. The, the the defense lawyer, Randy Driggs, said, well, you know what? He might as well just get, be given life in prison because you know that he's going to have a hard time in prison anyway. And people, he's constantly going to have to be looking over his shoulders because he's right. a child killer after so all. So it's better off just letting him live because he's, you know, this is where the, the system is going to protect him. They spend thousands and thousands of dollars each month to protect him. But... That's a dumb argument. But that was the only argument. It was the only thing that was a defense there was for just to save his life. That's you know, it. so just let him live in fear his whole life. No, fucking, no, fucking give him the lethal injection. Lethal injection. Yeah. Lethal <laughs> yeah. injection that they don't ever do now. They don't do it. It's inhumane. And yeah. So he was sentenced to death. Yeah. And he's, he still lives on San Quentin's death row because, as we know. Years. Yeah, 25 years. As we know, it takes 25 years yeah. um, to get the appeals process. Yeah. Uh, that's an estimated. That's an estimated guess that if you get life in, or if you get the death penalty uh, in California, that you're gonna that you get a minimum of twenty five years for all the appeals that go to the Supreme Court. Yeah, for the, the process. Yeah, so it's right. like they're fighting for their lives, right. aren't they? Right. And we know that one. What is the one guy that he's working the system pretty good up there? Uh, uh, Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. Sure. Yeah, he's got there. He can go ahead and send kites to him and get the get the lowdown on how to do it because he's got all kinds of sh- appeals. Okay. Well, nonetheless, because they put the death penalty on hold basically in two thousand six, there's no death penalty in California. No. I mean, there is, but there's not. There's one in so, Miami. Was it Florida? They have one that's quick. I think that Florida has stopped the death penalty. Is too. it? There's a state that does it pretty quick. It was like six months and you're, you're done. I think it used to be Florida. Was it Florida? And I think it was Louisiana and Florida, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, we got to figure that out. Okay. So I want to just reiterate the initial uh, quote that uh, jury foreman Joe D'Erico had stated. Uh, Nobody deserves the death penalty as much as this guy does. You don't get much more guilty. Oh. And now I would like to just... Um, I like to say I'm going to let I'm going to name all of the women who he was convicted of murdering. Okay? All right. Kimberly Little, spelled L Y T T L E, mm-hmm. Tina Lale, Darla Ferguson, Carol Miller, Cheryl Coker, Susan Sternfeld, Kathleen Milne, Sherry Latham, Kelly Hammond, Catherine McDonald, Delia Zamora and Eleanor Caceres, and may they rest in peace. Yes, absolutely. You know, the families. I hope they ha- get the process of um, the grieving and get through it, and somehow learn to live with it, or advocate and help others. But it always kind of odd because this guy definitely didn't have it show any signs of homosexuality. Okay, so this um, concludes this episode of California PC One Eighty Seven. This is uh, Cheryl, and this is Brett. Don't let the sunshine fool you.
you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm new. That's anchor.fm new to get started.